What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 40 of Bars to the Bar. This is your host, Hannah, and we've got a lot to talk about on this episode. I've got about two weeks left of the winter trimester, and then I will be taking finals. I've got a week off. I'll be taking the MPRE. I'm going to jump into a little bit about the MPRE, but I'll go into more detail on a later episode when I actually take the exam, and then I'll go over some strategies that I used Um, But just as a little preview for that, then I'll get into obviously more exciting topics. But for the NPRE, if you don't know what the NPRE is, if you're pre-law or don't go to law school or have no interest in the law, the NPRE is basically a gateway to the bar exam. It's an ethics exam, and it's all about professional responsibility and the model rules of professional responsibility. So normally in law school, you take the professional responsibility course and then take this exam. Um, But there's a common misconception around the NPRE that it's not that difficult. And a lot of students will just kind of wing it, study the weekend before, but it's kind of a pain in the ass if you have to take it again. So I will be doing the Barbary prep course. I've heard a lot of great reviews about the MPRE um, Barbary. And then I'm also enrolled in Elon's um, class as well. So once finals are over, I'll be able to focus on that a little more. Unfortunately, the way our schedule um, worked out, I will not be having a any kind of spring break because I'll be spending the first half studying for the MPRE, Wednesday taking the MPRE, and then my family will be here. Um, Marietta has an orientation down at High Point. So not obviously the biggest deal in the world, but it is what it is. This is, this is the time to grind. This is the time to take those pesky exams. Um, and on a similar note, Quick update with the um, NBA agent exam. I still have not heard my results yet. Um, Obviously, I will go into a lot of detail once I get my results and I'm able to actually talk about it. And hopefully I will have good news within the next um, couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. Please keep praying um, that I pass that exam. I've been studying so hard and yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But first and foremost, I want to start this episode, and I'd be remiss if I didn't start here, talking about the Providence College Friars winning the Big East title, regular season title, for the first time in Big East history. So for those of you who follow Providence basketball or in the Providence College circle, there is a sort of obsession that people have following the basketball team, regardless if the basketball team is doing really well, having a bad season. It's just there's such an enormous sense of pride that you have rooting for the basketball team, regardless of how they're performing. So this year is extra, extra, extra special because we are considered the luckiest team in college basketball. And there's a lot of controversy throughout this entire season following this conception from Ken Palm or Ken Powell, Ken Palm, Ken Palm, yeah, um, <laughs> of this luck metric. So basically the luck, the luck metric, um, and Ken Palm is uh, a source of like college basketball rankings and there's all these data analytics and stuff. And basically the Providence College Fires have been defying these analytics and the luck metric and the luck narrative that came into play the past couple of weeks is that Providence loves to play in close games. We play in overtime games. We play in triple overtime games. And when you play in such close games, 
normally you're not supposed to win every single game, but Providence is 10 and one in those close games decided by five points or less. So if you missed the game this weekend, we played Creighton um, for the Big East title. And I just want to quickly, before I get into the details of um, the game, I just want to quickly shout out Creighton, um, the display of sportsmanship by Greg McDermott. Um, there's been one word that I've seen around all sports broadcasters use um, to describe the Dunkin' Donuts Center all season, and that word has been electric. And it's very rare, I feel like, that you can feel the energy of a building when you're watching TV. Um, I mean, I guess I guess it's not necessarily true. Sometimes you can, but it's very rare to fully like the the energy and the electricity of the building just oozes from the TV screen. The announcers are into it. Shout out to John Fanta. John Fanta, every game he called at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, we won. John Fanta would just be there shooting, shooting, shoot his, his show called Shoot Around, different things. He's in the crowd. We had Feidelberg there. It is just a, it's divine providence. And obviously I don't want to jinx anything, but I truly, truly, truly believe that this team has the potential to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And I truly, truly believe that this team can make it to the final four. And why I so strongly believe that is that I physically think that if this team, this group of super seniors loses a game, they are not going to leave the court. And I think that there's such a passion and such a sense of we don't want to stop playing. We don't we want to keep building on this momentum. And this is the time that all teams in college basketball want to be playing the best basketball. And it is just luck. It's talent. It's experience. It's all these things coming together to make Providence have this extremely special run. So for those of you who don't know, the Big East Conference was invented in Providence by Dave Gabbett. And right outside of the new basketball facility, there is a statue honoring Dave Gabbett. And his son, um, Dan Gabbett, is also still involved with the Big East, was at the game on Saturday. Um, and another just awesome tidbit, I've talked at great length, how incredible of a coach Coach Cooley is and how incredible of a person that Coach Cooley is. But for those of you who don't know, Coach Cooley is also born and raised in Providence. And he played at the former Civic Center, which is the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So he actually played on the same court, grew up down the road from Providence College, dreamed about playing for Providence College, dreamed in his, never in his wildest dreams, he would have thought that he'd be the head coach of Providence College, bringing a, a title, bringing, bringing that Big East trophy back to Providence. Now in recent history, Providence has won the Big East tournament in 2014 and then went on that run in 1987 with Billy Donovan. And I truly, truly believe that this team, I'll say it again, this team is going to the final four. Now we have a big game on Tuesday at Villanova. And I think that's given our last game, the Villanova beat us and they beat us at home during the pink out, which is a little bit of a rarity in recent history. If you're a fellow Friar, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We love to storm the court during the pink out, but I truly had a moment a very emotional moment. Um, I The tears first started on Saturday when Andrew Fonts, who is a beloved walk-on, an incredible person, and just a great friar, um, a future friar walk-on legend, scored a really, really tough basket. So there's about a minute left of the game. We're up by a lot. Um, and Andrew Fonts scored. So that started the tears. And then in typical Providence College fashion, someone had to take it a little bit overboard and throw a full Bud Light tall boy 
on the players and on the court. Um, so that caused a little bit of a delay of game. Um, and then they stormed the court and then Cooley um, did his us, we together family fires. And I truly lost it. I could not contain myself. Um, I was so excited for all the players, so immensely excited for coach Cooley. I can't imagine how much pride um, that he's felt. I was so excited for AJ and Nate who have been there the full five years, who've been there the whole time that I was there. Um, I'm so excited for the managers. Like I can't imagine the feeling that they're feeling, um, and just an immense sense of gratitude for being able to be part of the program for four years, um, to get to know the coaching, the incredible coaching staff, to get to form relationships with the players. Um, they're really, I know a lot of college basketball programs talk about culture, and it's a word that's often associated with Villanova basketball. But I would make the argument that culture should be associated with Providence College basketball. And Cooley said a couple of games ago in a timeout and a media timeout that was recorded to be them dudes. And I think that they have taken that catchphrase and rolled with it. And I'm so happy um, for them. I wish that I could be at the Big East tournament. Um, unfortunately, uh, my finals on um, that Monday. And I know that if I go home, I will not be studying. Um, so it's unfortunately as much as I want to be there for, for the, for the team. And I want to see my friends and see my family and to celebrate Providence, hopefully winning the big East uh, tournament. I know that school has to come first and it's a decision that I've been kind of battling with my entire life of <laughs> making school a priority, but now's the time to do it. I've only got a year left of law school, which is absolutely insane. Shout out to all the three L's who took the February bar exam, especially my friend, Jana, um, so yeah, that's basically all I got with my Providence College Fires there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we keep this momentum up. We play great in the Big East. We have great seeding in the tournament. I'm predicting probably a three seed. I think that's um, probably what we're going to get. Maybe if we beat Villanova and win the Big East, potentially a two seed. Uh, I don't think we'll get any higher that we're, we're right now we're ranked nine. So that's great. We're back in the top 10 or we're eight, actually, I believe. I don't want to misspeak there. Um, so really exciting, really exciting time in Providence. I'm excited to continue to watch them play. Obviously, I've been watching the Big East tournament um, at from, from North Carolina, but I just want to quickly talk about how much the Big East tournament has shaped me as a person, has shaped me as an individual, and perhaps shaped the career path that I'm on. Um, so I've talked about before, I've, I grew up going to the Big East tournament with my family, with my aunts, with my dad, my parents. Um, when I was in high school, I literally would not go to school Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the Big East tournament. Um, and it's just such a cool tradition. My dad went to Seton Hall. My aunt went to Seton Hall. She worked for Seton Hall, traveled with the basketball team for a number of years. Um, and there's just a sense of so much tradition. Um, that goes along with the Big East tournament. It's so awesome to see all the fans that come out from schools like Creighton and Xavier. Um, and it's just such an incredible atmosphere during the Big East tournament. Um, it was always one of my favorite things, especially as a manager, um, to be able to experience all the cool things that came along with um, just the Big East tournament. So unfortunately, hopefully this will be one of the last ones that I miss. Um, I can't wait to get back to life back home and my life as an attorney. And I can't wait to do all the things that I've done my whole life um, in a new, in a new different way. So branching off of that, um, we'll stick within college basketball. 
Um, Caitlin Clark is just insane. She's a sophomore at Iowa, and she basically is the Steph Curry of women's um, college basketball. She's honestly incredible. If you haven't caught an Iowa game, which I'm sure that most of my listeners have not, she finished the University of Iowa um, game against Rutgers. She scored 32 points, had nine rebounds, nine assists, and five steals. And then she also scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. So I have no problem comparing her to Curry. Side note, a little bit, getting a little bit off guard. If you didn't see the video the Warriors put out of Steph Curry last night, the greatest shooter of all time, making every single basket. First, he threw it up under the net, backed up, took some twos, went to the line, took some threes, took some regular Curry range threes, went all the way to the logo, went further to the logo, came back and made about 20 incredible shots in a row and made it look so effortless. Um, nothing else to be said there other than I don't think people appreciate enough the greatness that we're witnessing. Um, and people maybe take, don't really take a minute to appreciate that we're watching the greatest basketball shooter of all time, but Caitlin Clark, she's a name to only a sophomore. So she is a name that's going to be a household name very soon. Um, and I think that as she's probably going to be, um, the top draft pick next year, the year after, depending on if she elects to, I know Sedona Price is electing to stay another year. So it's really interesting actually to see, I feel like with college, with the NBA, like there's obviously a lot of one and dones. Um, there's really not that push with the one and dones with the WNBA because there's not as much value, I guess, in playing, especially with name, image, and likeness. You can probably gain a lot more money. Caitlin Clark can probably get a lot more money through sponsorship and endorsement deals if she keeps playing at Iowa, keeps dominating the game. Also, Paige Buckets is back at UConn. So obviously, a lot of people know Paige Buckets, um, famous on TikTok, TikTok, women's, UConn women's is a powerhouse there. Um, but Caitlin Clark, she's someone that is going to be a superstar. LeBron tweeted about her. Um, she's just getting the street cred that she um, deserves. So I have some other really exciting news to share as well. As I've talked about previously, um, my relationship with Dan Lust has grown um, throughout the summer. I, start, I first started seeing Dan Lust pop up on Twitter. Um, if you don't follow him, he's, his Twitter um, handle is Sports Law Lust, and he is the host and creator um, of the site Conduct Detrimental. And if you don't know, Conduct Detrimental is the number one sports law podcast. It is the number one place to go. The Conduct Detrimental universe, as we were referring it to, was expanded to not only um, cover legal analysis and breaking news and podcasts. Now they're Every week, it seems like there's new things coming out of Conduct Detrimental. So I feel very lucky and blessed to be joining the Conduct Detrimental team officially. I will be the news coordinator. I have a fancy little title. And I'll be curating um, breaking news articles for the site. So like, comment, subscribe for all things Conduct Detrimental. Conduct Detrimental is at the intersection of sports and law. And there are just great things that are coming out 
from the conduct detrimental team on TikTok, Steph and Emily, two incredible women of the conduct team. Um, they are in charge of misconduct and they're doing TikTok videos for conduct detrimental. Um, there's a sports law newsletter. There's just all these incredible things. So I feel very, very, very happy and excited to be officially joining the team. Um, I've wanted to officially join the team for a long time. So yeah, get your news there at Conduct Detrimental. Um, pivoting a little bit back to school, I'll tie it and we'll end it um, here. So I got about two weeks left and then um, I will be taking finals once again. And then I will be gearing up to start my residency at the High Point University Athletic Compliance Office. And I am so excited for this residency opportunity. If you're not familiar with Elon's structure during your 2L year, either during your winter or your spring term, you are working full-time as a quote-unquote resident. Most people would associate that term with medical school or medical residency, and that would be correct. Um, I will not be doing a medical residency. I'll be working full-time with a practicing attorney. I'm super excited. The attorney went to Seton Hall and then Marquette Law. Um, Marquette Law is known for their sports law program. And I'm really excited for the opportunity to learn the compliance side of collegiate athletics. And there's not a better time than now to be learning the ins and outs because it is constantly changing with the name, image, and likeness legislation. States are repealing their laws. States are completely changing their laws. It really is a free-for-all because there is no federal law. And an example that Dan used on the podcast mm -hmm. Um, a couple of days ago, the most recent one is that whether you're going to all 50, any of the 50 states, you know that the drinking age is 21. If you want to get a beer, you'd be 21. Um, and there is no similar law um, for name, image, and likeness. So it really is, it's, we're almost a year into it and it's still the wild west in terms of there's no limit on the NIL deals. There's dealerships with Ferrari, there's dealerships with CBD and beer companies. Um, it really is a great opportunity and it really opens the door for, it's pretty limitless as it stands right now. Um, but a couple things to keep in mind from an agent perspective is that a lot of people who hire um, marketing firms to be their um, name, image, and likeness agents are basically prepping them to sign them as clients. So definitely something to keep in mind um, to, as, as we move forward and those sports agencies expand their practices to include name, image, and likeness clients. Um, the bigger agencies are starting to do it. It was normally um, a bit of the smaller agencies, but now we have the bigger agencies as well. So definitely something to keep track there. And I that's all, that's all I got for today. Um, go Friars. Hopefully we'll beat Nova. Um, I will do an emergency podcast, um, steal a little bit from my boy Dave Portnoy, when I get the results of my NBA um, agent exam, obviously I'm not gonna hide um, the results. Uh, I'm hoping and praying and I hopefully will have good news to share, but if I don't have good news to share, um, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. And it's not the end of the world. And I just wanna say, um, just quickly pause to just say how grateful I am for all the things that have happened the past couple of months and the trajectory um, that I'm headed and all the people and all the connections um, that I formed. And hopefully I will be able to have an official announcement. I have a summer 
thing lined up. I don't exactly know what to call it, but I definitely will share more details uh, moving forward on that. And then I'll have some tips um, for how to navigate a summer internship, whether you're a 1L or you're going or 2L or going into your 3L year. Thanks for listening to episode 40. I can't believe it's been 40 episodes um, for my loyal listeners who have been with me since day one. Thank you. And this has been Bar to the Bar. Hope everyone has a great day.